All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle. Are we human because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at them because we are human? When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to pastures in the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today, we will be playing session one of Angel's Thirst, from Cults of Cthulhu, written by Chris Lackey, Mike Mason and Friends, and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I'm doing great. I'm playing Adelaide Glifford, and uh, I want Lydia to tell her daft joke about what angels like to drink. Brayden. Hey, Brayden, Brayden, Brayden. I'm playing the Bengal cat, and I'm hoping that this Indian character has a bit more luck than my last one. Spoilers. Noxicals. I am playing Thomas Tommy Cornell, and I am a thirsty boy. Ah, Lydia. I am playing Jonathan Webster, Adelaide's boyfriend, and um, the joke really wasn't worth the build-up, but I basically said that they angels drink angels' delight, but sort of watered down. I'm really glad we <laughs> hold that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even certain if they have. Angel Delight in America, so I think a large proportion of our audience is just like staring. I have no idea what that is. I want a flurry of people googling Confused it. Confused about it, yeah. And then it's like Miracle Whip, yeah. right? Is that right? And I'm Fedra. <laughs> <laughs> they need to know what they fed us in school. They need to understand. This yeah. is this is beyond the manner stuff. Calm yourselves down. And I'm Fedra, you keep it for the day, and I'm ready to quench your angel's thirst. <laughs> See, that's a better joke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin this uh, game of Angel's Thirst from the Cult of Cthulhu book. Very exciting. We begin with everyone in the group gathered at Gabriella's house, who has promised you some guidance in your mission to find a mysterious jade statuette. Now, for those of you who hasn't, haven't listened to Loki's gift, so this might include a little bit of a spoiler, as Gabriella was one of our player characters back then. So go back and listen to that if you like, or if not, you will not need to have heard it to follow along with this. So Gabriella's house, more information about a jade statuette you are looking for. Gabriella, the floor is yours. I have called you here because I know you've been looking for that cursed statuette. I know how passionate you are about destroying it. Adelaide, I don't blame you. I'm also glad you have someone by your side to protect you. 
Jonathan, I know you are good for her, no matter what Adelaide's mother says. She's too protective of her to see clearly. I see you clearly. That being said, don't leave her side and don't hurt her. Gabriella gives him a stern look of warning. Your other associates, Thomas and the Bengal Cat. Do you not have a name, young man? They might not be entirely trustworthy, but my instincts tell me they're the best men for the job. You did well to hire them, Adelaide. Your previous attempts to find what you're looking for might not have gone as expected, but your efforts were valiant. I've been thinking of you, your pain, your obsession with this idol. I've been dreaming of you too, all of you. In my dream came a vision, a vision which I'm convinced will lead to the answers you're searching for. I open my eyes, and I'm somewhere far, far away. It is a moonlit day, and the moon is beautiful, but young and scared. It's searching for something, or someone. It's asking for help, but being ignored. It's looking for you. Then, like an angel, Santa Monica came to me and said, if they help the moon, its light will lead them to what they're looking for. Tell them to come to me. You leave Gabriella's flat confused but determined and start your research. So why don't we start with everyone telling us a little bit about what their character looks like? Um, what they're like, and then maybe uh, their thoughts about uh, what they would do or say or think about this interaction with Gabriella. So you all see a average height Indian man uh, wearing wireframe glasses. Uh, his hair's combed over to one side. Uh, he's got a well-trimmed beard and he's dressed completely in white a white sweater, and then white slacks with white dress shoes. He's taking it all in, but being otherwise cautious of everything going on around him, and he's uh, keeping a little bit of distance. Did he have any thoughts about the new information you've received? He's curious about what he's heard, but he thinks most of this is just going to lead them on a wild goose chase for nothing. But he's happy to help out and get paid, so... He's a non-believer. Lydia. Jonathan Webster is a well-built man of medium height. He's got suntan skin and he's got quite an open, approachable, quite frank look about him. He's dressed quite modestly. He's not hugely well off. Uh, as his job, he's a stagehand and, and he works backstage at one of the theatres in the West End. And uh, he's a little bit freaked out that this Gabriella seems to have seen right into something that's really been playing on his mind lately, which is that he, he's got quite serious feelings for Adelaide, but he really thinks that she's a class above him. And 
he wonders how much longer she's going to be able to be with him. Adelaide? Adelaide Glifford, um, daughter of Ephraim. She was four at the uh, time of the events of Loki's Gift, but she's 30 now. Um, She's not a beauty, she's like an average-looking, modern 1920s woman. Um, Very well-dressed, fashionably dressed, but in one of these sort of, um, you know, flapper dresses considered somewhat scandalous by the old guard, like her mother. Um, And she is a devotee of Gabriella. She became obsessed with her father's ramblings um, about the strange macabre events that happened to him. She read his journals furiously, especially after he died a few years ago, and she has made a life's study of the occult um, and set her sights firmly on destroying the evil statuette that drove him to alcoholism and eventually madness. Um, And so she is happily bankrolling um, any attempt to find it and destroy it. Any thoughts about what uh, you've been told by Gabriella? Uh, Adelaide trusts her, um, so her mind is churning, trying to figure out how we're supposed to help the moon. Noxicals. Yeah, so uh, Tommy is a man in his mid-thirties. He's sort of average height, but with a slightly sort of wiry, muscular-ish build. Um, He'd be quite a handsome guy, um, but he's got a sort of cruel look about his eyes, and he's got a a really impressive scar running from the left-hand side of his uh, mouth up his cheek towards his neck. Um, He dresses sharply in a sort of respectable businessman's kind of suit, and he slicks his black hair back into a sort of neat sweep. Um, In terms of what he thinks about what Gabriella said, Tommy's had some dealings with uh, Gabriella for a while now, uh, he ran across the uh, journals of a certain Miss Alice Thorne in a, a house clearance in his, uh, let's call it his business, and uh, found his way to Gabriella. So he he knows there's something to what the crazy old bat says, but um, he's not entirely sure how to take this sudden prophetic dreams malarkey. As far as he's concerned, they're more likely to find the statue through perhaps some of his contacts or a, a bit of old-fashioned... Uh, you know, asking around. Wonderful. So I'll say your role in your center of operations, wherever that might be, possibly Adelaide's place. Adelaide's taken to living in the old townhouse in Camden um, that her father kept, uh, mainly just so she could get away from the family home and her mother. So you're all at the Camden house and you're discussing what to do next. Laura's yours. So did uh, any of that make sense to any of you? Wish I could say so, mate, but it's scary, isn't it? It's 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 just so... This isn't what I'm used to. Don't worry about it. Gabby's a... Uh, she's a solid old bird. There might be something in what she said. She might be calling it a dream, but maybe she's spoken to the right people. Santa Monica. I haven't been to church since I was a little lad. Who's Santa Monica? What's she a patron of? Bugger if I know. Well, I have no idea. But it's a place, isn't it? Is it? I wonder if she was being a bit more literal. Hmm. Well, where's Santa Monica? Oh! Santa Monica, like, um... Is that where... The fairground, I've seen pictures of it. Out, out in America, right? 
Bless you, Jonathan. I knew I was with you for your education. <laughs> well, I've only seen the fairground, like, you know. I don't know what else is there. I used to work with the carnies, a guy at the, uh, the theatre. Listen, I know the last lead was bad, but the States, seriously. If only we'd been able to trace the damn thing when it disappeared. Is there any way of finding out if it's left the country? Well, if the lead was good, if it was there before we got there, I can ask around. I do think we should be sure before we book a liner. <laughs> well, a, yeah, I, I can't just up sticks on a, the say of some crazy old bat in a funny, uh, a funny curtain for a dress, can I? She is not a crazy old bat. And I'm your best customer, surely. I I like Gabby as much as you do. She's a lovely old bird, but she's a bit, you know. You wouldn't believe the things she's seen. I'm sure I wouldn't. Angel, come on. Are we really talking about going to America for this? I mean, it, it don't you think it just seems a bit sudden? Darling, you know how important this is to me. I, I know, I know, love, but I'm... I'm just worried, you know? It's like, we can't just go herring off, just like leaving the country. Just like that. We need to think about this. Well, I don't know. London's been feeling stifling recently. We don't have to stay mm. long if it's not there. I think Tommy's just going to raise an eyebrow. Like, are you seriously saying you're going to fund a trip to the USA on a whim? And on those words... <laughs> Uh, do you, you have do. anything? <laughs> yeah. um, if, if you don't have uh, a lot you'd like to say or do. I was going to attempt to, I know, ask some contacts or something, whether anybody spotted any like anything like that going through the docks or... Yeah, put ears to the ground, shake down contacts, surely. Yeah, As spread a, fence, a bit of cash. Right? You'd know smugglers and things. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm being paid for. Too right. So... You take some time considering what you've heard. I'm sure Adelaide, you write down the vision and study it. Oh, we're talking full-on wall of crazy. <laughs> I've got a lot of um, pictures of the moon. I'm trying to figure out how to help it. And, Red string uh, everywhere. Oh, yeah. Tommy and the Bengal cat, you look into uh, you look into the situation with your associates. And uh, it takes a while. It takes... Uh, Greasing some palms, but eventually you manage to get the nugget of information that whatever you're looking for has definitely left the country. And from an even more obscure source, there is talk of it going towards the States. And then you reunite to make that final big decision. That's everything I could get. Well, that's good enough for me. If you're um, wanting to save money on an ocean liner, I do own a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at you with a wild surmise. <laughs> I didn't have you down as the yacht owning sort. She's with the wrong guy. <laughs> I'll have to ask my wife if you're allowed aboard, but. <laughs> Would she be accompanying us? There's some, something of a second honeymoon for you? Uh, I can't sail, so yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> in all in all fairness, if we're going in uh, Benji's yacht, <laughs> and I think Tommy will also raise an eyebrow like, you own a yacht? <laughs> uh, I mean, that would mean I can bring Dee Dee with me as well. 
Who's Dee Dee? Who's Dee Dee? She's Dee Dee. <laughs> Down payment. Nuff said. My dog. <laughs> Your dog. Your dog is called Down Payment. Yeah, somebody <laughs> left it as a down payment, never came back. I love these characters. Well, I'm bringing Samson. <laughs> it's my lion. Tell us about Samson. Samson is, I have listed on my character sheet, is a chonky boy. He is a, his pet cat. He's a big, okay. big, fluffy, muscular cat. Ah, uh, yes. Maybe keep those two apart, but... um. <laughs> I love a woman who knows how to sail. And keep them away from my kids. Uh, my son has allergies. <laughs> Your whole family's coming. <laughs> Do they always accompany you on a raid, <laughs> on a burglary? Well, this I is keep a one of trip. my children in the backpack. <laughs> we. <laughs> He's not going to say anything. <laughs> how long does it take her to make a crossing with all these children in tow? <laughs> Here to Santa Monica. If we have favorable winds, two weeks, but at worst a month. I have looked that up, that's true. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. one. How does that compare to like a steamship crossing? I assume slower. Well, Santa Monica's on the west coast, isn't it? So we, we'd have to surely go all the way around South America as well. Was the canal <laughs> a thing? It's okay. The Panama Canal. Yeah. I don't know. No, I want I an entire session of detailed <laughs> maritime travel. Look, you put me in charge of maps for this session, all right? <laughs> maps are going to get done. Maps Look, are going to get done. We don't <laughs> want this thing disappearing. This is a geographically accurate game. And we're going to roleplay every damn day on that boat. Yes, um, we are. Beautiful. Well, look, here's the thing, though. We can just sail to the West Coast and then get a train or whatever, if that's quicker. To the East Coast, sorry. Yeah. Right? You can get a dock. Yeah, sail to New York and then go cross-country. Yeah, boom. <laughs> the yacht is too cool to not take. Let's just do it. Let's yes, just hope the statue yeah. doesn't Absolutely. disappear. We, I totally want to go on the yacht of a famous art thief. Come on. Yes, <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Are the cabins just lined with, like, famous paintings that you haven't sold to anybody? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Your kids just, like, absentmindedly, like, smearing, like, jam on them. They're like, hey, no, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of us trying to keep the cat and the dog apart for however yeah. long <laughs> it takes to get through there. <laughs> One on deck, one uh, one up the mast on the crow's nest. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. Samson okay. the cat is like, I'm the captain now. <laughs> so, on your journey there, what I'd like from you is tell me what kind of plans you might have made about what to do when you reach Santa Monica. So I think Tommy would probably ask some of the people he knows who who smuggle goods into the UK for, you know, maybe letters of introduction to similar people at the other end, um, if there are any, um, so that he can sort of have something resembling a few um, sort of starter contacts when we arrive in the States. Um, and his plan would be to talk to the kinds of people who are bringing things in that they shouldn't about the sorts of shipments coming in that we think might potentially contain... Because it's quite a large statue, isn't it? It's not a small thing. 
Is that right? Yeah, I remember hearing it be described as a number of bread boxes or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like a shoebox size thing. So it's going to be, and it's presumably going to be in a decent wooden crate, well packed, if it's if it's precious to somebody. Um, so yeah, he's going to be asking for unusual shipments, perhaps with paperwork that suggested it should be overlooked by uh, official customs channels and what have you. Because um, he's assuming that it hasn't gone into the country legally. That would be his initial plan. Adelaide's also been absolutely obsessing over um, the vision that Gabriella described and has brought along a small case just full of various occult books because uh, she took occult esoteric studies at university and she is knee-deep in this stuff and she's trying to figure out the significance of this young moon that we're supposed to be helping. She's convinced that's part of it and it's not going to be as simple as finding the thing uh, at auction somewhere. Uh, any other? These are all plans you're making like on the boat on the way there. Um, yeah. Any other... Does uh, the Bengal cat have any thoughts? And his family? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Not entirely. He'd probably just help out uh, Tommy mm-hmm. in any way he could and okay. brainstorm with him. He's Tommy's the brains behind this, though. That's worrying. <laughs> I think Jonathan's been spending most of the voyage just trying to keep Adelaide grounded, to be honest. Just trying to, like, stop her from going off completely into orbit <laughs> with this. He's really quite worried that she's getting obsessed with this. She appreciates, well, she fights him a little bit, but also she kind of appreciates it. She does have a tendency to spend all day in her cabin poring over uh, weird books, which is not exactly healthy. That's what got her dad, after all. I, I think he's always trying to get her to come up on deck to get some fresh air and um, maybe play a game of uh, shuffleboard or quoits or something out on the deck. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, late October 1922, and you arrive at Santa Monica in Los Angeles. Um, I'm assuming you spend some time kind of settling in, figuring out where you're staying, unpacking, figuring out where you're gonna put uh, the Bengal cat's family unless they live in the boat. Yeah, that's our house. Okay, you live in the boat. I love it. Do you yeah. host everyone else in the boat? Maybe you don't need a hotel. Maybe you're boat dwellers. It is by the uh, beach. If, <laughs> yeah, if they want to, then they can stay in the boat. <laughs> Seriously, oh. why don't you tell me you had a yacht, mate? <laughs> they <laughs> said you amazing. do this for the money. Yeah, why am I paying you? <laughs> uh, we have the same credit rating. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I was going to book us like a suite at some flash hotel, but maybe we just stay on this. I don't know. Maybe we should, we'd, we'd be sick of the boat actually after three weeks. And <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's the kids and everything. And I think the and cat, cat would be sick of the boat. <laughs> Poor cat. <laughs> Poor Samson cat. Okay, I find us a swanky hotel um, of the kind Jonathan's never been in. And then I berate the maitre d' until he lets us keep a muscly cat in our room. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll happily book a room for um, uh, Friendly Fence Tommy if he wants to uh, join. I want to keep uh, sort of tabs on him. I don't want him running off and finding higher bidders for this thing. Wherever you want me, that's where I'll be, dear. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) Wonderful. So you settle in in the city and 
It's early on Friday morning, October 27th, 1922, and you've begun, perhaps right after breakfast, on your way to start running your various errands and chasing your clues, and Adelaide, specifically you, but everyone else as well, you've just uh, gotten out of a cafe uh, from breakfast, and you walk out, and the place is, is quite empty, but there is one bench facing you, and on that bench you notice a young Latina woman. She is no older than 18. She's dressed conservatively, her hair tied in a bun. She is short with a petite frame, and she looks concerned, sad even. She's sitting with her back straight, her hands folded on her lap, looking around, and around her neck is a pendant with a crescent moon on it. Oh, I stop dead and I start <laughs> tugging on uh, Johnny's arm and pointing. She looks up at you. It even more clearly looks like she's been crying. But her eyes are now curious, as if she's seen you before and trying to recognize you. She maintains eye contact. Uh, you all right, miss? When she speaks, her voice is soft with a slight Mexican accent. You were sent to help me, weren't you? Yes. Yes, by Jove we were. You must be the young moon Gabriella spoke of. My name is uh, Selina. Selina Diaz. Selina, of course. Uh, charmed. My name's Adelaide. This is Johnny. Uh, pleased, to meet, pleased to meet you, miss. I'm, I'm sorry, what? what how, I, I know the necklace, but of course Selina? <laughs> Johnny. I'll explain later, dear boy. Please, miss, uh, tell yeah, us, right. tell us what ails you. My, my father, Levi Diaz, is a taxi driver. For 20 years, he's been working for speedy taxi cabs, and he used to drive carriages, and now he's moved to automobile as well. Had. A man named Dan Shippey from the cab company visited me on Monday the 16th of the month, Looking for him. My father, I mean. I hadn't seen him since the day before, so I didn't know. They reported his car missing, so the search continued to no avail. Well, the car was found, but not my father. I need help finding him. My father's gone. What, dear girl? That's tragic. I know a little something about losing a father myself. But surely... You've spoken to the police? I, it's been 11 days. Of course. The police are still searching for my father. The detective, Clive Brucker, is slow and ineffectual. He thinks my father ran off or something and feels there are more pressing cases to be worked. I can't leave this in their hands. I love my father too much. I know he's alive and he's in danger. I, I can feel it. Damn these flatfoots. He sounds just like the Bobbies back home. Johnny, we've got to do something. Well, of course, yeah. I, I mean, you've lost your dad. That That's awful. I'm so sorry. I think Tommy will glance around like, <laughs> is anybody else watching us? And then he'll lean in and he'll say, just to check, love. You said you uh, thought we were sent to help you. What made you think that you were uh, expecting us? Um, I, uh... She looks down, 
and her cheeks blush. Uh, my guardian angel speaks to me in my dreams. The, the angel connected me to my father and, and to you. The angel told me you'd be here. I know it. It sounds absurd. I had a dream, a dream that he was trapped and in pain in a strange ruined city. He, he told me he loved me. He said, but Selena, I can't come back for you. It's too late for me. Watch over your siblings. Move on with your life. The monsters have me. Stay away or they'll get you too. <laughs> she begins to cry. <laughs> my poor dear father. Oh my dear, that's awful. Did he tell you any more of this, this strange city he'd been taken to? That's, that's all I saw. My angel only gives me what she believes I can handle. Was there anything about this city? Did it look familiar in any way? What did the buildings look like? Like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was a dream. Mm, such things can't always be taken literally. Um, Adelaide is scouring her occult know-how for anything related to dream cities and people being kidnapped to them. Is there any point in making a, an occult or Cthulhu mythos role? I feel like it's too generic information. Hmm. Okay. Do you know where he was? Where, where did they recover his car? Uh, the car was on the corner of Maxella and Doray when they found it. That's all I know. Apparently it was completely undamaged. Uh, who found it? Was it the police? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I believe so. But the police told me it was found. They didn't tell me who found it. Is there anybody that would have had it in for your dad? My father was a wonderful man. I, he was kind to everyone. He was just a taxi driver. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not implying that he was... Uh, I'm not implying he's done anything wrong. It's just... Is it possible he rubbed someone up the wrong way or... Did he have trouble at the taxi company, running with his boss or something? Not that I know of. Not everybody conducts their business the way you do, Mr. Cornell. I think you'd be surprised, love. I mean, maybe that's a problem. Maybe he was a good guy and um, somebody who wasn't got in with him, you know? Such things are possible. Extortion or something. Where can we find this Dan Shippy who visited you i i believe that he worked at the the taxi company so okay speedy taxi cabs That's thank you <laughs> and uh, roughly how fast would you say these cabs were would you, <laughs> would you describe them as speedy <laughs> do we need to speak to trading standards about this <laughs> well i think it may be time to pay them a visit it's a good place to start, I reckon. Where can we uh, find you, miss? If we need to let you know how things are going. Uh, I work at my uncle's construction company every day as a secretary, so you can call there. Um, we get the address of her, I suppose. Yeah. 
Well, I've no idea how this is going to lead us back to that artifact, but I trust Gabriella. I think we've got to see it through. So, just so I understand, Gabby said we needed to help the moon in Santa Monica because of a dream. Some young woman wearing a moon pendant reckoned she was waiting for us because of a dream. And her dad is in a weird city full of monsters because of a dream. Something of a coincidence, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but but come on. I mean, even if this has got nothing to do with anything, she's lost her dad. She's all alone. Come on. Can't just, like, walk on by. Well, I mean... It's not right. I guess not. You have a good heart, Johnny. Thanks, love. So do you. I mean, I, I, I know, I can understand. It does. It sounds absolutely bonkers. And honestly, I kind of agree with you. Half of me agrees with you. But this is, it's something that we need to do. Come on. It's the right thing to do. Well, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm happy to help her if that's what we think is the right thing to do. I'm just wondering how we're going to. I mean, it sounds to me like the best thing we could do is go and have a nap and see if we can find out some more in a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the next episode, everybody. Us being asleep. We'll keep that as plan B. I think we start by making inquiries of this gentleman who came calling and hope he can help us. Otherwise, we may have to resort to whatever contacts you can rustle up in this city, but we're not on your home turf, so any stone is worth turning over. I can ask at the people I've already been speaking to whether the uh, taxi company's got a reputation for anything, or if anybody at the taxi company has a reputation for anything. But yeah, asking there seems sensible to me. I don't know if the peelers here are anything like the ones back home, but you know we could ask them as well, find out more about this car, where it was found, and who found it, and was there anything wrong about it? Like, had it been in a crash? Had anything got stolen from it? Yeah. I think me and Benji might leave that up to you two, if you don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. Fair enough. If this counts as part of the job, I'm fine with going ahead with whatever exactly we have to do here. Oh, yes. You can consider yourselves both on the clock, as it were. All right. So... Are we still having breakfast? You've had your breakfast. <laughs> yeah. But what about second breakfast? Are we having breakfast? second breakfast? <laughs> Did I not mention I was a hobbit? <laughs> I need to grab some for my kids. Hold on. <laughs> Are your kids just trailing behind us like in order of size? <laughs> How many children do you have on this boat? Is it like the Brady Bunch? <laughs> I've just got two. No, they'll be back on the boat. It's too dangerous out here in this Cthulhu world. <laughs> So, do you go to the taxi company? What's your thinking? Or do you go to the police? Or do you split it? What's your thinking? Are we splitting up? I guess we could, couldn't we? It's very early in the campaign to split split the party. party. (laughs) My word. Half the social skills. That's true. What we could do, though, is we could go to the taxi company together, see what we can gather from trying to talk to Dan Shippy, Mm -hmm. and then we can separate and I can go you know, talk underworld with anything we find out and you can go talk police with anything we find out. That makes sense. 
go from both both kind of ends of the scale, as it were. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I notice my my real person accent is starting to bleed into the. <laughs> they don't last long. I swear, I started out not doing Eudora's voice, but I can't help it. It's your one voice. Look, it's that tough. and Jeremy. <laughs> How dare! Everyone was different. Oh yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's go to the taxi cab. Do you have a, a handy taxi on your yacht that can take us to the taxi cab company? Or a, a helicopter or something like that you haven't told us about? <laughs> the main garage of the Speedy Taxi Cabs company is located in Sotel to the northeast of Santa Monica. So everyone's going, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Safe for the kids. Controversially, yeah. should we call for a Speedy Taxi Cab? <laughs> oh. no, seriously and we can Ooh, quiz the, we idea. can quiz the cabbie yeah. on the way in genius Great definitely idea. okay so do you call the company yeah, yeah. Yes. we can do get it get a from... cab from our hotel exactly yeah okay you arrange a cab comes to your hotel um and you're picked up and you're taken to speedy taxi cabs. The driver's uh, says, "Interesting uh, destination." <laughs> taking us to the taxi cabs. <laughs> <laughs> we want to compare all the taxis so we can take the best the best one next time. We're taxi reviewers. <laughs> taxi spotters, yeah. Hmm. You have to make your own entertainment. We've got a meeting with a Mr. Dan Shippey. Okay. Do you know him? First date. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Do we not even get to roll luck or something? Nope. <laughs> First date. <laughs> oh, that is cruel. I can't even drive. <laughs> yeah. Did they even have driving licenses in the 1920s? Oh, yeah. I'm a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just like get behind the wheel as soon as you thought you were you were ready? I, as a good sir, was born uh, yesterday. <laughs> um, oh my god! You arrive at speedy taxi cabs. <laughs> Interrogating him was such a good idea as well. <laughs> As you enter, uh, a cabbie approaches you. How can I be of service today, folks? Dan Shippy is the name. Taxi cabs are the game. Dan's the name, Shippy's the game. <laughs> we go speedy when you needy. They call me Speedy Shippy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that speedy when you when you're needy that's that's a good one yeah that's good thank you ah uh, charmed Mr. Shiffy um <laughs> my name's Glyford uh these are my associates we are actually um we're looking for one Mr. can't remember the moon's name so I guess I think of her as, yes. as, for you. as the moon I mean it thank was you. a moonlit day Mr. Oh Diaz. my god, a moonlit day, and her name was uh, Selena Diaz. Amazing. Love it. If you know Spanish, it makes sense. <laughs> I've been explaining the etymology to uh, Johnny on the way over. He looks just completely blank, to be honest. <laughs> so he just nods and smiles and pretends he understands this all. Well, I tell uh, Mr. Shippy that we're looking for Mr. Diaz. 
Why do you ask? You cops or something? Do we she look like? Do we look like police? Hmm. She shows him uh, the tattoo on her left arm. <laughs> rolls up her sleeve. Would a cop have this? Hmm? <laughs> it says F the police. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Whatever the twenties version of A cab is. <laughs> Mm, all right. Bobbies or buggers. Hey, yeah, buddy. yeah. I know a thing or two, but it'll cost you. Um. Hmm. I've got a load of money, but I still don't want to just throw money at every problem to solve it. So first, I want to glare at him, <laughs> um, and say, "Sir, a man is missing." Surely, talking of money at a time like this is in poor taste. Not least indicative that you might have something to do with it. Roll me intimidate. Ah, oh, come on. That's a 65. My intimidate is 50. I do not want to spend 15 luck. He says, Please, lady, you're not the police. You don't scare me. All right. Well, in that case, I uh, open my little uh, clutch bag and start riffling through my purse. Pull out a couple of bills of some denomination that would have been a reasonable bribe back in the <laughs> how 20s. Tasty, how tasty does he look? You what, mate? What? Just you totally reckon him? he could have him. Uh, in what sense, sir? Excuse me, I'm going to make some <laughs> Whichever nice. sense like, might work. Biblically? <laughs> not that kind of tasty. This guy doesn't exist, so roll me like to see if he's buff or not. Okay. Uh, I have failed miserably. He looks like a strong boy. Okay. I'm a strong boy too, but probably he's stronger than me, I would guess. I think what I'll do is, rather than trying to prevent the entire transaction, I'll sort of put my hand gently on his arm as uh, as uh, Adelaide is rooting around in her bag, and he'll say, Listen, mate, let's not take the piss out of the lady, eh? She's asking for help. She's willing to pay for it. Let's keep it reasonable, yeah? Between friends... That sounds like a push to charm roll to me. Can't convince you that's a fast talk roll then. That <laughs> <laughs> sounded charming to me. Oh, roll bollocks. to charm Fedra to see if you can turn it into a fast talk roll. Are you boss are you pushing with a base skill? <laughs> well that's the thing, yeah. I mean I'm not trying I'm not trying to prevent the bribe, I'm trying to keep the bribe reasonable, if that makes sense. I see. So you wanna give the bribe a bonus die? In a way, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess so. Uh, what uh, I'm essentially saying is, don't fleece a lady. Okay. Uh, roll me charm then. Oh, bollocks! <laughs> that, I didn't see any fast or any line there. No, sixty-one. <laughs> I've failed. Okay, you're getting fleeced. How much are you given? Well, I appreciate the attempt. I've no idea what made a reasonable bribe in America in the twenties. My daily spending limit is fifty dollars. And she's 10. pretty rich, so yeah, okay. I fork over two fives. No, I get a stack of tens, put them in my hand, and then go <laughs> into his face. He smiles and pockets the money. Levi worked with me. He was an honest guy, but he liked to gamble and fool around with women a bit too much if you get, get my drift. I'd like a psychology role from everyone. Oh, I'm actually not bad at that. Good to have a the base. Oh, and that, I think, is a hard success. Thank goodness, because I got 78 over 44 abject failure. 
I failed as well. We're busy kissing or something. <laughs> I'm making out in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Bengal cat, what'd you get? Uh, I got a hard success. Okay, with your hard successes, uh, Tommy and the Bengal cat, which is your bad name. Um, <laughs> you can just call him Ben from now on if that's easier. Okay. Is that what he's going by now? Yeah, I that's what the- he'd go by. He wouldn't have told anyone his real name. Because yeah, isn't the Bengal cat like <laughs> what the papers would call you back in your hometown where you were busy yeah, exactly. making theft That's what he wife, his wife calls him in bed. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> and that's what you introduce yourself as? Because he's a cat burglar. She calls him the Bengal tiger. Um, <laughs> oh, very good. So with your Ooh. hard psychology successes, well done. You can tell that not only is this guy lying, he's actually talking about himself. Oh, no. <laughs> He's the one with the gambling problem, but he's putting it on on his coworker. What the heck? Just sounds like a jack all around, honestly. Mm. Not to you who failed your psychology. You're like, ah, oh, this this seems a bit uh, more uh, involved than we expected. Yeah, I think Tommy will say, "Come on now, mate. The lady's paid for the information. At least, at least let's keep it factual, shall we?" Why well, don't know what you mean? I would guess from the way you're asking for money, that you might be the one who's got a little bit of trouble with the gambling. What? What? How? Now tell us about Levi. That's all we're asking. I will... I will not... Well, Levi is a stuck-up jerk who thinks he's better than everyone else, and that's all I'll say on the matter, and... I'm not sorry he's gone. So why did you come looking for him, then? I didn't. I just... I was told to deliver the news... Uh, to, to look for uh, the um, intense conversation is seen by uh, an older uh, world weary looking woman who approaches you uh, she appears to be wearing a manager tag on her button up shirt and she comes up and says is there a, a problem here my name is Myrtle Cunningham and I'm the manager. Can I help? Uh, Dan, why don't you go, uh, calm down? This is no way to talk to customers. I'll tip Dan a little wink <laughs> as he heads off. Ben will bump into him as and say, oh, sorry, mate. And then he'll do something later, but I'll let this scene continue. Yes. Oh. Pickpocket him. <laughs> Take the money back. <laughs> I approve of this. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. <laughs> Love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, we were just looking for information about Mr. Diaz. Oh, uh, I talked to a detective uh, broker last week about Levi. He should have everything you need. But we're not with the police, madam. Um, oh. More like friends of the family. Oh, I... Uh, I I am very sorry. Uh, Levi is a stand-up guy. I consider him a, a good friend, really. He always arrives at work on time and keeps his car in good condition. Never a complaint. His disappearance is totally out of the ordinary and out of character. He's not the type to just take off. He's a family man, you know, proud of his children, especially his daughter, Selena. He talks about his family to anyone who listens. Where's his car now? Did did the police give it back to you? And was there anything, anything in it? Like any sign of what might have happened? 
They haven't returned it yet. Something about an ongoing police investigation. <sighs> Do you uh, know anything about what they found in the cab? Any sign of a struggle or anything like that? They didn't say anything like that. You can roll me another psychology if you like. Oh, gladly. That is not quite a hard success, but it's pretty damn close. I'm way off 69. I'm switching dice. I just rolled a 90. <laughs> oh, the naughty dice. Dice jail. Mm-mm. Yep. With a success, you can tell that she's afraid something bad might have happened to Levi, although that's not necessarily that difficult to read. Yeah. Um, she said, well, to be honest with you, the detective barely showed an interest in the case. He barely asked me anything, let alone tell me. He seemed distracted when talking to me and then only stayed around a few minutes to ask just a few perfunctory questions. It's clear that you, uh, like this Levi. Oh, now I remember. He... I, his vehicle was found on the corner of Maxilla and Del Rey. That's... that's... Is that near here? Is that a bad part of town, or...? Forgive my ignorance, I'm not from round here. Yeah, he, um... He usually works around the west side of Los Angeles, mostly in the Santa Monica area. And, um... The corner of Maxilla and Del Rey... Is uh, near Venice, so uh, not too far from here. In fact, uh, you know, not too far from where you parked your boat. Ah. <laughs> A convenient location. The Bengal Cat's kids have already like stumbled upon all the clues. <laughs> <laughs> They've solved it. Yeah. They've got all the luck scores that we didn't get. Uh, oh, oh! I had just—I just had a thought. If—if if you're looking for him, and I'm glad you are, uh, it might be worthwhile to speak to Betty Guthrie. Um, she's one of his regular fares. She sees she seems to know him well and always requests him when she wants a cab to take her shopping each week. And uh, well, when I checked my records, she was the last fare he picked up on October fourteenth. Uh, here's her address. That's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. This will be a great help. It definitely will. Before we go, is there anything... I don't know. It sounds like Levi was a stand-up guy, but was there anybody that had it in for him? Other than that, Dan. Anybody that might have wanted to do him harm? Oh, Dan is like that with everyone. No, no. He, he was a family man. He didn't associate with any anything like that. I, it makes no sense. Absolutely no sense at all to me. Did he have any other regular fares that might have been, I don't know, less than savoury? No. I mean, everybody needs cabs, even bad people, right? Just this one, no other regulars. Thank you for your help. Good luck. She goes back to work. Sounds like we have our next destination. Yeah. It does a bit. Can I quickly roll sleight of hand to see if I pickpocketed Dan Shippy? Go for it. Yeah. You clearly want it. 
I felt. Oh. You're like, ah, but he just slipped away. Well, you mm. don't have to tell us he tried. Keep that reputation. Yeah, so, uh, what what next? Timekeeper, what would you say the time is? Well, we first met Selena shortly after breakfast. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose, I mean, our conversation wasn't very long, and I don't think it took us that long to get a cab over here, so I'd still say it's probably... 10.30? Yeah, mid-morning. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got the police, who, as far as I can tell aren't properly interested in the case. We've got the place the cab was found, in case there's anything there. And we've got Betty Guthrie, as obvious leads. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll find too much where the cab was found, because the cab isn't there anymore for us to check at some kind of crime scene, and I doubt it's going to be a significant place. It'll just be a dumping spot. You never know, there might be a great big sinkhole leading to Rullier. <laughs> you know what? It's worth a go. It's possible that somebody around there saw it as well. Yep, that's a good shout. Even if it is a dumping spot, that, that could still have some evidence. Good if point. it's near a bar or a cafe or... Yeah, a, exactly. Know. Or if somebody saw who it was. that, And also, yeah. how was it found? Was it found abandoned? Was it found crashed? Was it parked normally and he just never went back to it? Or that mm. kind of thing. Good point. We could probably find that out from the cops too if they're talkative. Yeah, I think so. And if they've still got the car in lockup, we can have a look there. Like, is there any sign of, I don't know, blood under the glove box or is there anything hidden in the car? Like, did he maybe leave anything behind? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to see the cab, but what do you reckon the chances are of the police letting us see the cab? Yeah. Mm. Depends if we can find one who's amenable to a bribe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I suppose the other way is to buy our way into the cab, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing is that the police clearly aren't interested, and we are, because they've said that this is kind of low priority. Is that what Selena said? That the police thought that there's other things more important. So we could try and persuade them and be like, well, look, we know you're really busy, but we're friends with Selena, and we are happy to kind of take on the lion's share of this investigation if you want and you can just put it to one side do you think that they're maybe covering something up or are they just racist Uh, that too that too yeah well the other thing is we've got two people in this party who i think are pretty decent at forgery oh we could forge ourselves some uh scotland yard documents or something and claim to be uh we heard yeah. holiday and policemen and friends of the family. We heard from I love London. that. Yes, that's fun. I'm, I'm not good at forgery, but I'm good at pickpocketing and disguising myself so I could steal someone's ID and make myself look like them. I love that, yes. Quick, back to Scotland Yard. We'll steal someone's <laughs> ID. I mean, there's Two not going back. to be any sort of strong links between the LAPD and Scotland Yard, surely, at no. this point. No, I wouldn't think so. But I mean, I, I'm just thinking a cop might talk to another cop a bit more. Mm, so. Definitely. But no, I'm thinking that that our story would hold out in terms of there isn't the strong link. So they're not going to check us unless we do something clearly sus. Yeah. I think just maybe a letter of introduction and the fake ID might be enough to get us through. Yeah. Yeah, I can have a go. Yeah. Worth yeah. a shot. Maybe just for a couple of us, so that then the others can try the uh, bribery route if it doesn't work out. 
or in all fairness, I suspect, I suspect that me and Johnny are the most plausible coppers, aren't we? I don't think I'm going to pass. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Adelaide Glifford, and I work at Scotland Yard. <laughs> British intelligence, maybe? She oh, could say that she's a yeah, special five. branch. Oh, hello. A special branch weren't the kind of rank and file, just people who carried a truncheon. Yeah, could do. Yeah, That's we could bad. claim he might have been involved in something, you know, a bit more international. Mm. Smuggling, you know, drug smuggling, something. All right. Well, I mean, do we want to go talk to Betty Guthrie first? Yeah. Or do we want to do we want to set up yeah. me attempting to forge a bunch of IDs? <laughs> let's, let's do the low risk stuff first. Let's do yeah. that. Then we can stop by the arts and crafts shop, get you some fancy pens and papers. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Some glitter and stickers, and then we can... and a fake moustache. <laughs> yes. Hello. My name is Detective Cop Coppington. <laughs> 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 Almost as good as Fancy McFence Fence. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we head off to uh, whatever address we were given, right? Mm-hmm. For uh, Betty Guthrie. We didn't ask anything about her either, did we? We've got no idea who this is. This just, is a lady. She's just a usual customer. She goes shopping. <laughs> um... It is around 11, 11.30 when you find uh, Betty Guthrie's small yellow bungalow in Venice. Uh, almost uh, as soon as you knock on the door, this uh, old woman opens the door. She has uh, short white hair and a big smile on her face. She seems to be in her 80s or 90s. She says, Oh, visitors, how nice! Oh, come on in! Would you like some tea? Coffee? Um, she's a, an unusually energetic woman. She ashes you in and starts asking you questions about yourselves. Oh, I hope you're not here to sell me anything, because you don't stand a chance, I'm afraid. Where, where are you from? You don't, you don't seem local. No one drink the tea. <laughs> We've been here before, ladies and us. We have learned. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, how charming! I'd love a cup of tea. There wasn't anything decent to drink on that boat. Oh, taking a boat then? Oh, I've always wanted to go in a boat. So what? What did you? What is it you do? What brings you here to my house? Uh, Miss Guthrie, I presume. Yes, indeed, Sir Betty Guthrie, and, and you are. Well. My name's Adelaide Glifford. Uh, this is Jonathan Webster. Uh, this is Thomas Cornell. And this is... <laughs> Benji. <laughs> and uh, we were rather hoping you could tell us a little bit about Mr. Diaz, the cab driver. Oh, uh, she looks concerned. Uh, what do you know? Well, we rather heard he's missing. And you may have been the last person to see him, Miss Guthrie. Oh, I heard he was missing too, uh, uh, from Dan, the new cabbie that Speedy sent over. I'm so worried about him. I I pray that he's found alive and well. Um, let me see. He did pick me up each week on Saturday to drive her to buy some groceries. Uh, the last time was... October 14, 
Uh, he brought me home just before 5 p.m. He would always help me carry my bags in. Such a nice man. And, and that's all? Just a routine grocery run? He didn't talk about anything out of the ordinary? You didn't notice anyone following you? Didn't see Mill? No. I also talked to the detective assigned to the case. Detective Brooker? Um, she thinks for a moment. Say, uh, does this have anything to do with that funny church down the street? What funny church is that, ma'am? I just, uh, I just asked because the the detective asked me a few questions about that church. Uh, they call themselves the Society of the Angelic Ones. I went there once for a service, but it just wasn't right for me. The sermon, as I recall, was focused more on angels than on God, and that's just not Christian now, is it? I'm a Methodist, you know. Um, I don't suppose there's any point in rolling a cult or anything to see if this is a known no. esoteric organization. No, okay. But they definitely sound a bit culty. Just what? slightly. What did this... Uh... Detective Brooker ask about the church, love? Oh, just whether I've been... Uh, what I know about it. Uh. But he just brought it up out of the blue. He didn't mention it in terms of Levi. I was wondering. Yeah, it did seem unusual. But I told him, I, I don't know. There's just something off about the place. You know, their minister... Is a woman. <sighs> and she was walking down the street in her white flowing dress just that night that Levi disappeared. Quite odd, I remember thinking to myself. I've never seen that woman outside the church before. Was she alone? Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Is there anything else uh, unusual about her? Other than the fact that she's a minister and she was wandering around in a big old white dress? And a woman, of course. Tut tut. <laughs> That's pretty girl, really. Just uh, not not seem like the minister type, you know. How about you? Are you religious? C of E. Well, ah. I, I was brought up Catholic. My, my folks are Irish, but ah. I haven't been back for a long time. But I certainly have some strong beliefs. Let me tell you. Ooh. I practice something different to you. Well. Uh, you know, there's only one God, really, so... Uh, and we can all agree, we mine's can all the best. We agree, mine's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what are your families like, huh? <laughs> uh, roll to sp not spend the rest of the day <laughs> chatting to this lovely old woman. <laughs> you have your teas, and it's approximately 4pm by the time you... Oh my lord! Are you serious? <laughs> In all my hours. I was going to say, Tommy will totally <laughs> do the still. washing up after the tea and everything. He won't you have so it. many biscuits that you're not hungry for lunch. Love it. <laughs> Love it. It's nice really nice to meet an NPC who doesn't want to kill us. <laughs> no, we do. No, yes. So refreshing. Can we uh, live here? Right. <laughs> we that live here now. Yes. You get the impression that she's kind of lonely. Oh, um, yeah. oh, oh, oh. we're staying here forever. <laughs> Game um, over. Yeah. You definitely make moves to leave several times, but but 
Yeah, uh, you only managed to leave after she starts, she starts falling asleep on the sofa. We make discreet inquiries oh. to see if she might be interested in adopting any grandkids. Maybe we can just hook <laughs> yeah. Selena up with a grandma, call it, you know. She's got a couple of spare kids on the yacht. <laughs> how, how many do we you need? spare one. <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, whilst I'm doing the washing up, I'll probably check her fridge and see how well stocked she is. Oh, criminal with a heart of gold. She does She's go shopping like every this. week to get groceries. Um, although Dan probably doesn't help her carry her bags in anymore. <laughs> that, mm, that guy. Dan's an ass. Yeah. God. Yeah. Well, now we have two good reasons to get Mr. Diaz back. <laughs> Uh, she seems relatively well stocked. She did have enough uh, tea for you and coffee and uh, basic necessities. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll wash up all of the tea stuff and I'll, you know, just rent up the place a bit while I'm doing it. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, you you leave her place around uh, 4 p.m. Best NPC ever. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't even She's have to make lovely. any eating noises for us to love her. Ooh, nom nom nom, lovely mangoes. Yeah, I, I guess know. actually thinking about how it's Friday <laughs> and to go shopping on a Saturday, her fridge would probably be fairly empty. Oh, it's true. Yeah. To the grocery oh. store! <laughs> I'll give you some money. Go buy Side things, quest. please. <laughs> Pick up some milk on the way back. How much XP do we get if we fill this woman's icebox? <laughs> well, I guess uh, should we go to the cops, and we can always come back uh, to Miss Guthrie's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on this police officer? Do you think he he seems like he's in the up and up, perhaps, looking into these the cult or the disappearance? I mean, he's mm. not too keen on the disappearance, though, which is strange. It's true. Should we check out this weird church before we leave the area, actually, and leave the cops till later? We could at least walk past it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See if they've got a big sign out front, like, join us for our blood sacrifices on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Wanted. More cabbies for sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, right down the street uh, from where you are, so you walk past it. Did you say it was the Society of the Angelic Ones? Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a strange-looking temple. Does it not have crosses out front and stuff? Does it have, like, a Christian veneer or not even? It's uh, more in the Art Deco style. Mm. Um, it probably, yeah, it does have crosses and a Christian element to it. Uh, it's located in Venice on St. Mark's Island. Uh, it's bordered by Riviera Avenue to the east, the Lion Canal to the north, uh, etc. And it's uh, newly built. It's sort of an unusual design. Does it look like it's open to the public? Like wander in like you would to any old church? Some dudes outside in suits asking if we've heard the good news? <laughs> it's not open to the public at the moment. But as you approach it, on first you see strange symbols carved and drawn on the surfaces of the uh, outside of the temple. Um, and then you see a, a sign near the main entrance that lists the service times. Sunday 9am, Sunday 6pm, Wednesday 6pm, Saturday 6pm. Another sign reads, 
Wednesday coffee mornings at 9am and another side promotes a soup kitchen Sundays 4pm, Wednesdays 4pm and Fridays 6pm. Friday, 6pm. That's to the soup very kitchen. soon. <laughs> right. Uh, and a small parking lot is located to the left of the building. We need to get poor person costumes and then we can go and get soup. Done. I was yes. going to say, can we get a list of those days and times written down somewhere? Because it, I'd be interested to know if the the cab driver dropping off... Um, sorry, that's a cat running around. Uh, whether the cab driver dropping off Betty uh, coincides with any of those. Uh, any further cat noises on the recording are now canonically Samson having followed us. <laughs> Fair enough. Because yeah. uh, there are. He, he yes, drops her absolutely. off about 5pm on Saturday and there was a service at 6pm on Saturday. Uh, also, oh. for the strange symbols, you're welcome to roll me a cult or Cthulhu Mythos, if you like. Oh, hell yeah. Scarily, I've got exactly the same for both, so I will, I will roll my 5% chance. Let's give it a go. I have not passed. I'm going to scream. <laughs> I've passed with a cult. I've got 21. Wow. Now, I could... <laughs> spend one luck to make it a hard success. You don't need to. There's only one piece of info. Thank okay. God for you, Johnny. This is literally my whole friggin' thing and I rolled a 93. <laughs> Johnny has just, like, been absentmindedly looking at your papers one time and you have us to remember yeah. that these specific symbols um, on the stone and woodwork are connected to theosophy. Okay. That's what... I don't know if Johnny would even know what that is. But, but he knows he that knows. it is. <laughs> yes. Heck, I don't know yeah, what theosophy is. Yeah, definitely from your papers then, yeah. Theosophy is a philosophy that seeks to understand the mysteries of nature and the supernatural underpinnings of the universe. Mm. It is considered to be part of Western esotericism, which is the belief that hidden knowledge from the ancient world offers a path to power and enlightenment. Hmm. You, you will probably know that from your uh, occult studies. Oh yeah, I'm bang alongside that kind of idea. Are there and... any windows on this place? <laughs> Yeah, there are that windows. There don't appear to be any windows you can see easily through their stained glass. Ah, okay. No problem. Are the stained glass of any particular pictures, like um, any particular images or figures like saints or anything that we might recognize? Either like too generic or you don't recognize them. Nothing of interest. Okay. No green octopus-headed saints oh, yeah, or anything? All of no, them. no tentacled saints. <laughs> no. No, um, like, octopuses with a halo. <laughs> <laughs> and you, outside of this wonderful temple, looking up at it and wondering whether you're hungry enough to go to the soup kitchen, that's <laughs> where we're going to end tonight's episode soup Sweet. the ancient enemy yes god oh yeah we're not eating soup from a dodgy cult kitchen <laughs> with our record no you're right <laughs> especially not after all that really nice tea that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much everyone Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia and of course our amazing co-editor Jason and Gabriella <laughs> you have all been the best and a big massive thank you to our listeners you're all exceptional your listens, comments and ratings are incredibly helpful but if you want a way to support us further please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right where you get access to episodes a week early 
We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaright.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at starsaright.com forward slash reviews. Thank you.